Jesus, we give you today. Isn't it the truth, though? Hallelujah. He's our healer. He's our deliverer. God, we thank you for you, Lord. We thank you. Amen. Yes.
Jesus. Oh, think about what you're singing, yes. The greatness of your mercy is mercy and love. At the feet, the feet of Jesus. absolutely beautiful to hear that kind of praise not not that it's for me or for you person sitting next to you but it blesses the heart of God amen we really worship him and it brought me to a passage in revelation gives us a glimpse into what heaven is like and it says in the center around the throne were four living creatures And each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Just what we sang, who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy. Day and night, they never stopped saying that. So it doesn't matter, doesn't matter what we're doing. He's always being praised. Our God is always being praised. But he wants our praise. Amen. Amen. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity when we gather to worship you, to be reminded of who you are, that you are holy, your very character, all that you are, you are holy, that you are the Lord God Almighty. And you are forever, just as the word tells us, you are forever. And Lord, I thank you that the angels right now, on any given day, at any given moment, they're worshiping you, they're praising you, and you are deserving. Someday we're going to join them, and we're going to praise you face to face. But Lord, until then, we thank you for this opportunity to gather like this and to give you praise. You are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of all glory. God, we give you praise for being here with us. We thank you, Lord, for joining us here, Lord. You've waited for us. You've wanted us to be here. And Lord, I pray, God, that most of all, that our our praise wouldn't just be singing songs and from our lips, but really from our hearts. And Lord, I sense that this morning, that today we've really worshiped you, Lord, with our hearts. What an honor. You are the Lord God Almighty, and we give you all praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you take a, take a few moments and greet someone around you this morning? Wow. Wow. Some Sundays we get together, it's like you had not seen each other in a month. <laughs> so it's great. It's great to touch base and get a couple hugs and give a couple hugs. Uh, listen, if you're a first-time guest, we want to encourage you to look for in the seat back in front of you a Connect card. Fill that out. At the end of service, go out to our information desk, and we've got a bag for you full of goodies that you'll, you'll appreciate them. So just to let us know you've been here, we will we'll bless you with some take-home stuff. Uh, at this time, we're going to ask our ushers to prepare for our offering, tithes and offering. So let's pray together for that. Ushers, be ready. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time together again. We thank you for your presence. And we thank you that we can worship you not only with our lips, but truly from our hearts. 
And that's where our treasure is. And Lord, right now we honor you with our treasure. We honor you, Lord, with the tithe and with offerings. And I pray that you bless each one of us as we give to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I'm doing announcements today because Pastor Hans is on vacation, so pay attention. <laughs> Try to follow me on this. Uh, first thing I want to remind you, of, uh, not remind you about, this isn't in the bulletin. This is for those who are part of the men's ministries chef team, okay? Those who normally help and uh, get ready for men's breakfast, and we've got one coming up in about a month. Um, there is a meeting in the kitchen, a brief meeting, I've been told, a brief meeting right after service, okay? So if you have helped in the past, we really need you to be there. Ralph Thomas will meet you in the kitchen right after service. Also, this week, we have a ladies' morning out at Bob Evans. That's on Thursday, and that's in your bulletin. Um, again, we're collecting book bags, if you've noticed out there. 
Um, please turn those in soon. September 3rd is a deadline for that. Can't believe we're talking about September. Makes me very sad. I mean, there's only a couple weeks left of August. Summer is almost over. Thankfully, this cool rainy weather will get replaced with nice, a nice hot fall, September and October, 90 degrees, my kind of weather. Um, so, no, I do. I love, I, it's so sad. I just, you know, I'm not going to think about it anymore. Um, but we are looking forward to September. Things are beginning to heat up. I noticed a lot of you are back from your vacations in July and last week. Um, let's see, what else do we have going on here? New members class is near the end of this month, August 26th. And then also, I want you to uh, be, in, be mindful. I hope you got a little handout today when you came in. Our Founders Day picnic, our annual anniversary celebration, is on September 17. And so that's going to be a great time, always a good time. Pray now, as we have, we've enjoyed 37 years of great weather. We just want it to continue. It's, we've never been rained out. So I, hate, I don't even want to talk about that either. But let's just pray that we have great weather that day. Uh, also, the Women's Ministries Convention, as you know, is in November, but you need to sign up soon. We have a good number of ladies signed up, but I just want to share with you a video promo about Women's Ministries, and uh, then we'll continue. You have been fashioned by God. You are His exquisite, handcrafted, one-of-a-kind design. You've been made in God's image to reflect His glory. You are His daughter, His masterpiece, and He created you new in Jesus Christ so you can do the good things He has planned for you. When we know and embrace this truth, it changes everything. When you walk into your kid's school campus, when you walk around your neighborhood, into your workplace, and you say, I am in Christ and He is in me. Everywhere I place my feet, His kingdom comes to earth. Once you have the Spirit of Jesus living on the inside of you, you're going to experience suffering, but joy comes in the morning. Because Jesus knew who He was, He did what He came to do. And it is time for us to know who we are and do what we've been put on this earth to do as well. This November, join us in Hershey for the Inspire Conference, fashioned, created for purpose. If you've already been, you know how good it is. If you haven't been, think about checking it out. See Sherry Lipscomb, our women's director for that. She'll help guide you through, but need to register very soon. I don't know exactly what the deadline is, but I know it's coming very soon. Um, yeah, one other thing I want to share with you, as you've already heard in the news, is about the fires in Maui. And uh, just totally devastating. And a couple things I want you to know. One is that we have many churches in Hawaii. The Assemblies of God is big in Hawaii. Uh, thankfully, one huge church that we have in the island of Maui, thousands of people in that church, um, they were nowhere near Lahaina. And so they are there. They have already been activated through Convoy. Convoy Hope has already sent supplies there this week. Uh, you know, I had to wait till Sunday to ask you for help. Now, I know I just took an offering about a month ago for Ukraine and the crisis there, and you guys responded wonderfully. $6,500 was raised to help Convoy's ministry in Ukraine. This is really desperate, and I'm so glad that Convoy is right there already. Uh, Pastor Jim Morocco of King's Chapel, they're right there uh, near the airport, that huge church I was talking about, and they're able to use them and other uh, church folks, a lot of Christians on the islands, uh, but, you know, over, lost a life of over 80, 
and just hundreds and hundreds of buildings wiped out, homes and families displaced. So whatever you can do today, just a quick offering here today. If you didn't come prepared, you can go online, and when you see Convoy of Hope on our website, it says one day to feed the world. It's not one day. It will be designated for this need, okay? So you can safely give online if you're not ready today. But I'm telling you, even 5 or $10 from all of us would really help Convoy. And so I want to give you that opportunity to give. You can trust Convoy. You can trust the ministries of this church. And so rather than just giving, you know, through some television uh, announcement and you don't know really where it's going, there's no administrative fees for this, it all goes to the need. So we're going to pray and then the ushers will come again. And you can just, if you're writing a check, praise assembly is fine. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to honor you by serving our brothers and sisters on the island, as well as those who don't yet know you. And Lord, I thank you for the ministry of Convoy, that they, they were activated immediately. I thank you, Lord, for Pastor Morocco, Lord. I thank you for his work there and all of his people, Lord, that they're going to be busy serving the people of Maui. Lord, I pray your blessing. I thank you, Lord, that we can partner together with them. Lord, use us, Lord, I pray, as you utilize Convoy of Hope. Bless each giver today in Jesus' name. Amen.
You know, I, I, was, I was thinking, you know, Pastor, like Florida's a wonderful place. If you wanted to go there for the sun, you know, don't rain on our fall parade. Who wants fall to come? Come on, see? <laughs> Man, the heat. I don't like the heat. Thank you for your giving this morning to Convoy of Hope. I, uh, you hear a little bit about a, a, a situation and you, until you see the devastation. I don't know if you've seen the aerial views, but there's just towns decimated and wiped out. And, and uh, it, it's just unreal to think that that can happen, but the people are in need, so thank you for whatever uh, you can give this morning. So we are continuing in our series, uh, Jesus Said. And I... You know, devotionally, I've, I've been reading through the Bible. I've finished with the Old Testament, and I'm coming into Matthew. And it just so happens, Jesus said quite a bit in Matthew. And, and I've been kind of stuck in there, and in a good way. Uh, he said many, many things in there. You know, the Sermon on the Mount is there. And this situation was one that uh, I, I would say is probably a top ten story of the Bible that people have heard of or know uh, so this morning, I would like to read from Matthew 14, uh, verses 13 through 21. It says, as soon as Jesus heard the news, now the news that Jesus has heard has, is that John the Baptist is dead. And so it continues, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. And Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, there, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Jesus said, bring them here. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples and distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Let's pray. Father, this is a well-known story we've certainly heard since we were young in Sunday school. And Lord, we, we can't comprehend, we can't understand, we've seen... Uh, pictures of this scene. We, we've seen movies and TV programs depict this scene. But Lord, let us open it up a little bit today and give us understanding. Holy Spirit, open our hearts. Open our minds right now, I pray, God, and let us just receive from you today. We bless you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Jesus, very much like us in the way of emotions, and Jesus is sad to know that John has been killed. And it says all he wants to do is get in a boat by himself, go be alone, and grieve. You ever been there? Just want to grieve. You just want to, you know, go to God with, with your worries and your concerns. Just be alone and, and ponder the situation. But pretty soon, as you can imagine, and as we've read, the crowds begin to find out where he is, and here they come with all of their sick and, and wounded and, and wanting a touch from God. And it says he has compassion on them. Aren't you thankful that Jesus has compassion on each one of us today? 
But we read they're faced with a dilemma, at least in the disciples' minds. And they looked at what was an incredibly difficult position to be in. And as they counted, I always find it funny, you know, our ushers, during service, you may not know this, have a little counter in their hand. And they go and they count heads, and they, every counter, you know, they, they have a number at the end of that, 200, 250. Well, there was nobody here doing that. So when we read 5,000 men, do you know it could be in upwards of 15 to 20,000 people? And so you can imagine the disciples look at the situation, and in their calculation and in their deliberation, they have one conclusion. Did you catch it? Send them away. That's their, that's their answer to the problem. Send them away. But as we read, Jesus says, I've got a better idea. You feed them. And now, the story is a little bit more, I, I, I'm taking my liberties a little bit. Jesus said this, but really it's more about what Jesus did in these moments. But the words, you feed them, you give them something to eat. It becomes a, a, a test for the disciples, and I believe is us, for us today, that there is a challenge placed before us. That when we have challenges in our life, difficult circumstances, do we just try to send it away, or do we go to God with the concerns on our heart and say, Lord, you have to make a way? Because I've tried all I can, now it's up to you. Are we willing to ask God in the hard things that he may ask of us? Are we willing to go through the difficulty? Because as we'll see, as we've read this morning, pressing through the difficulty, God did amazing things. And I don't want to miss what God can do in my life. Would you say amen to that? Amen. We are ordinary people who serve an extraordinary God. I believe that today. To feed all of these people, obviously the disciples look and think, this is impossible. This is going to take divine intervention because we're not capable. But they didn't even suggest that. They didn't, they didn't look at the situation and go to God and say, you know, or go to Jesus and say, what can you do about this? They just offered up their excuses. And Jesus was well aware, well aware that they were not capable of this. But as we said, this was a test. We read in John's account of this same uh, situation, and I, I somewhat uh, find humor in this a little bit, and I, I'm not being uh, irreverent of the word, but this in John 6, verse 5 through 9, it says, same, same situation, Jesus saw a huge crowd of people come to him, and he turns to Philip and says, where can we buy food to feed all these people? I find that a little bit funny. He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. What was Philip's response? Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. And then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what, is, what good is that with this huge crowd? Again, this is more a situation, more than about feeding the people. Jesus already knew what he was going to do, what he was going to accomplish. But it stood as a test and unfortunately, as we've just read, they didn't do so well on this test. Maybe if, you know, I, I don't know, I'm, I hate tests. Nick, where are you? Nick just came through his ministerial credential tests, 
and uh, multiple choice. I love multiple choice better than fill in the blank. Uh, fill in the blank, I am just, you know, I run into all kinds of problems. So multiple choice. So maybe if Jesus had given them a multiple choice situation, where can we buy enough food for this huge crowd? Could we go to Costco? Could we go to Walmart? Could we go to Sam's Club? Or is he saying, could we go to me? But they don't even pick up on any of this. No, they go right to their responses. Philip said, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough to feed these people. Andrew, God bless him, he almost gets it right. He almost gets it right. He says, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. And if he ended it right there, he would have been correct. But he throws in, I'm going to give you a little English lesson in just a little bit. He throws in, but. And but is a conjunction. And I'll go into that in just a minute here. A conjunction, well, I'll tell you right now, it's, it's in contrast to what was just said. You're going against what was just said. If he had just ended it as, we have five loaves and two fish, he would have been great. But he goes on to say, but what good is that with this huge crowd? And I, I know that we're, we've all been there. We've all looked at this, the situation. We've all looked at the circumstance and thought, what, what can I do? What, what can I possibly add to the situation? Either I'll just withdraw and not do anything. Yeah, let's do that. And if I'm talking to myself, that's fine. But I, I trust that many of us have been in that situation. As we often do, as these disciples did, when we begin to doubt not only ourselves, but don't even consider the Lord, we begin to mi maximize the problem and minimize God. Our challenges become huge and God becomes small. And we don't always often go to the first source. He should be the beginning point of any circumstance that we find difficulty in. He should be the first one we run to. Now, we have the advantage, again, who, who's heard this story from childhood? Feed them the 5,000. We, we've known this story. We have, the, we have the advantage of saying, oh, how, how can they not know Jesus can do this? But no, I, I probably would have been right in the same boat. Feed these 15,000 people? Yeah, okay. I'll feed them, you know, with these, this bread and this fish. We likely would ask the same questions, have the same doubts and concerns that they had. But I want to ask you today, and this is where it applies to us, what is God asking of you or calling you to that you have offered up your excuses? And I want to run through a couple of these. I, I couldn't write enough of them because there's so many we offer up as excuses. Now, here's your English lesson. The five questions we ask. Who, what, when, where, how. And I always remember this. And sometimes why. That, they always threw that part on there. See if any of these sound familiar. When God is laying on your heart something that you just find, why, why are you asking me? That would be one of them. I didn't even write that one down. Why are you asking me, God? There's, there's somebody much more qualified than me. Haven't you seen him speak? Send him. Why me? So here's a couple of the other ones. Wait, what? Me? Are you serious? We've said that. With what? I don't have any skills. I don't have any talent. I don't have any ability. I don't have time. 
for that? They won't listen to me. Who am I? But, but, but. Now, we hear this from our kids many times, this conjunction, this contrast to what we just said. We say, do this, I'd like to, but, no, 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 no. What do we say? No buts. No buts, just do what I'm asking you to do. I was reminded, and, and maybe you know this story, maybe you don't, of Moses in the book of Exodus. Exodus 3 and 4, God says, Moses, I am freeing my people from Pharaoh's control, and I have called you to do the job. And Moses has wonderful responses for every encouraging thing that God tells him, Moses has another excuse. And if you're not familiar with them, I'm just going to read a few of them. He says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? Who of us haven't said that? Who am I? But God assures him, I will be with you. And he assures us today, he will go with us. He will be with us. That wasn't enough for Moses, so he goes and says, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What's his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God says, I am who I am. Yeah, but what if they don't believe me or listen to what I said? Or, or, or they say, The Lord didn't appear to you. Over and over, God is, is telling him and assuring him, I'll be with you. I will go with you. I am who I am. I am all-powerful. I, I will go with you. And Moses isn't having any of it. He goes on, God goes on to say to Moses, what is that in your hand? And it's a staff. And if you know the story, he tells him to throw the staff on the ground and it becomes a snake. And then he picks up the snake and it becomes a staff again. He says, go and show the people. And if that doesn't work, Moses, stick your hand in your robe. And he stuck it in and he pulled it out and it was all leprous. And then he stuck it back in and took it out again and it was healed. If the snake and staff trick doesn't work, show them the leprous trick. They're not tricks, understand, please. Uh, that's my words. Show them that. If that doesn't convince them, Take water from the Nile, pour it on dry ground, and it will become blood. So you would think he's got, he's got these skills now that, he, you know, if they're not going to believe what he's saying, he can possibly show them. And even after all that, he says, Lord, I, I've never been eloquent. I, I'm slow of speech and tongue. God says, I will help you speak. I will teach you what to say. And to trump all excuses, Moses says, please send somebody else. Have you ever been there? I, I don't know if I'm getting ahead, if, if Lucy has never shared this story, if I've never shared this story on Lucy's behalf. But Lucy has shared with me that she sat in this church 26 years ago, I believe. And there was a, a, a concern that the church needed uh, a children's ministry worker. And she said, that was so far from me. I, I wouldn't even consider it. And the Lord called her to it. And she sat in the pew and argued with God. God, not me. 
You know, I don't, she would tell you today, she doesn't speak well in front of adults. She can, she can hit a home run with the kids, but don't ask her to speak in front of adults. She has been called to something very specific, and God, she would tell you the first, in the first situation, I wasn't capable, but God was, and helped me, and showed me, and went with me. But instead, she didn't just say, she may have said, please send somebody else, but that didn't happen. God enabled her. God doesn't present us with challenges of things he's asking us to do to just leave us to fend for ourselves. No, he will be there with you. He will help you. He will teach you. Just as he told these disciples with this bread and this fish, bring them to me. Bring them to me. He's telling us, give me what you've got and trust me. Amen. So I have three quick points I want to go through as we, as we move along. The first one would be, Start with what you have. The disciples, there's a young boy with five loaves and two fish. That's what they had to start with. God goes to Moses and says, what's in your hand? What can I use that you have this morning? Start with what you have. Let the Lord know what it is you have to work with and let him make up the difference. Don't offer excuses because I don't know that he can do much with our excuses. What's in your hand? What do you have to offer? You may say some of these things. I, I have a hunger to serve, but, and God is saying, no buts. Just tell me you have a hunger to serve. Let me worry about the rest. I'm financially blessed. However, no, there's another conjunction. However, I want to contrast what was just said. No, God is saying, if you are financially blessed, come to me and let me see what I can do with that. Let me show you what I can do with that. You may say, I, I have a flexible schedule. I have time, although there's another one. I hated English class, let me tell you. So for me, this little bit of studying, I learned more than I did through all 12 years of high school. So you remember conjunction function? Yeah, okay. <laughs> That was my experience of English right there. Um, what, do you, what do you, when God is coming to you, what do you have to offer? What do you bring to the table? We know what God brings, but what do you bring to the table this morning? I want to tell you, many times it's in desperation, and if it's, if it's only a little bit of faith, then bring that to the table. God, my child is far from you and I'm praying, but I am believing that you can do the work. Bring that to him. God, my marriage, it's in trouble. I want to say but. I don't want to say but. God, my marriage is in trouble. We end it right there. I need you to intervene on my behalf. Lord, financially, I'm not doing so well, but I am trusting that you can make the difference. It's bringing to God what you have and saying, God, here is what I have. The rest is going to have to be up to you. And trust what he will do with that faith. Amen? Lord, I trust you. You've never failed me, and I don't expect you're going to fail me now. Lord, I'm giving this to you because in my strength, I am weak. But Lord, you are strong. Hallelujah. We don't want to come to God and just unload all of our shortcomings and our weaknesses and, 
Uh, I don't know what you can do with that, Lord, but here you go. This is what I have to offer. No, it's coming uh, with, with giving him the opportunity to see what he can do with the rest. Not talking about tithing today, but just a little bit is one area where you can see God move. If you will give 10%, watch what God does with 90%. Hallelujah. If we will give to him, watch what he goes and above and beyond with what he has. Start with what you have. And you may sit there and think, I've got nothing to offer. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. We all have a, a heart for, for, for people. We all have a heart for God. We've all been gifted in different areas. We may not all be a singer. We may not all be a speaker. But we have gifting, and I pray that God would open that up. Maybe you even know what it is right now, but you're wondering, how can I use that? Give it to God. Start with what you have. Secondly, give what you have to Jesus. Give it to him. The disciples took these five loaves and two fish, and Jesus said, bring them here. Bring them to me. Hallelujah. When they thought, this isn't enough. Okay, Lord, I'll give you the five loaves and two fish, but Jesus says, look, just bring it to me. And for all of our excuses of, of however and, and but or whatever we offer to the Lord, Jesus is saying, bring your quote unquote not enough to me and I will make it more than enough. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus does. More than enough happens when we do two things. Rather than if God is calling you, he's laying on your heart, rather than just dismissing it, bring what you have to Jesus. You may think it's insignificant, but let God be the judge of that. But if you never get off the couch, if you never make the effort and step out in faith, I don't know what God can do with what you're not offering him. Offer it to him. Do you know that the Bible, my Bible tells me that God made the earth from nothing? That God made Adam from the dust of that earth from seemingly nothing? So what in my life, what in your life is God not capable of? If we will offer it to him, we will bring it to him. Secondly, rather than dismissing it, is believe, believe that Jesus can intercede in your situation. And more than that, not only go, you know, make up the difference, but he goes far above and beyond that. So we want to give it to what we, give him what we have. Start with what we have, give it to him. And thirdly, is obey what he commands. When you give it to him, when you surrender it to him, Obey what he commands. These disciples obeyed what Jesus said. They brought the bread. They brought the fish to him. And I cannot imagine, first of all, their joy. Secondly, the disbelief. They can't believe what is happening right now. All they know is, and, and I find it ironic, that they are the ones serving this. And at that point, they're serving, and their only source is to go back to God. Their only reliance is to go back to God or to Jesus, excuse me, to go to Jesus because he is the supply and they just keep taking and taking and distributing until not only were they all full, it says they ate as much as they wanted. And after all of that, there were 12 baskets left over. 
Who likes leftovers? Who hates leftovers? Let me start there. Yeah, you won't raise your hand. I know a lot of people don't like leftovers. Uh, I, I don't know. I can give or take. Depends on what it is. Um, cold leftovers, better. Better the next day. No, <laughs> that's not my notes. I should stop right now. It's coming up on lunchtime. In other words, Jesus not only does just enough, do you know that the Lord is extravagant? That's a word we don't really use often, but he goes above and beyond. He lavishes us. If, and all we have to do is think of the grace that has been poured into our lives. He's lavished his grace upon each one of us today. And I thank him for that. I, I know you as well. You know, this, this situation is not unique to just this one instance. There is a foreshadowing of this miracle, and this is truly a miracle in the book of 2 Kings. And Elisha, uh, who is, is a prophet, and he is meeting with other prophets that are gathered, and it says there's about 100 men, and 2 Kings 4 says this, a man from Baal Shalisha, bringing the man of God 20 loaves of barley baked uh, from the first ripe, uh, excuse me, I'm going to start over again. A man came from Baal Shalisha, bringing the man of God 20 loaves of barley baked for the, for, from the first ripe grain, along with some heads of new grain, and give it to the people to eat. They had already tried to give them uh, this, this pot of stew, and they used some, uh, some wild, I don't remember the zucchini or something like that. It was something from the garden. And it was rotten. And they tasted it and they said, there's death in this pot. And so Elisha said, add flour to it. And all of a sudden it was fine. So now this man brings this bread and he says, go, give it to the people to eat. 20 loaves. He says, how can I set this before 100 men? And Elisha answered, give to the people to eat. For this is what the Lord says, they will eat and have some left over. Then he set it before them, and they ate and had some left over, according to the word of the Lord. Does that sound familiar to you this morning? It's exactly what Jesus did with these, this, this, these 5,000. And I find it amazing that this is just like God. Not only does he feed, not only do we eat all of what we want, but he goes and there's more than we even asked for. That's how God works, if we will allow him the opportunity now, I need your help this morning. I, I wonder if there is anybody here, your testimony would be this, that you, you did exactly what I'm talking about this morning. I know Lucy would be here and she would, she would be raising her hand, that God asked you of so, something of you and you knew, I'm not, that's not me, I'm not capable, but God, if you said it, I'm going to do it. And the Lord not only did it, but went above and beyond. Can I ask you this morning, would you please, if that is you, you, you've been through something like that, would you raise your hand? And if you would, just leave your hand up, just for a second. So all of us that maybe are on the verge of something, and we've, we've offered our excuses. We've offered our excuses, and we've said, God, it, it's not me. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands again. I want you to look at these people this morning. Raise your hand. This says nothing about them. This tells you about our God, that he is able, thank you, you can put your hands down, that he is able to take 
What you're offering your excuses for, God is saying, just bring it to me, see what I can do with it. Just offer it to me this morning. Let that be an encouragement to you that these folks have been through the same situation you've been in. Maybe they said, send somebody else. Maybe they said, I, I don't have the skills to do that. But God, I'm going to give it to you and trust that you're going to make the difference. What I find incredible, we read from Matthew 14 this morning. Do you know in Matthew 15, the same scenario takes place again. The crowds are tired and hungry, and Jesus begins to have concern for them. He said, they've been with me for three days. And we could send them away, but I don't want them to go away hungry, and then they'll faint on their way home or something. They're just famished. What do we have? There's now 4,000 men. A little more, you know, not 5,000, now it's 4,000. Maybe it's a little more attainable. They have seven loaves and a few small fish. So we saw what God did with the other. We know he can do this. You'd think the disciples were, would say, we've seen this before. Watch what he's going to do. Everybody, sit down, get ready. What do they say? Where would we get enough food in the wilderness for such a huge crowd? Really? You don't remember the five, uh, the, uh, and upwards of 20,000 people I just did this for. This, this, is, this is my best impression of Jesus. And you have the nerve to come to me and say, what are we going to feed them? I, I, don't, uh, I don't know. I mean, we can, again, we're reading this. We're not in real time. We're not, uh, we're not amongst the disciples. But I think, how is that different from us? And is it that much different from us? Has God, have we not seen God do some amazing things in our lives? And somehow we begin to forget, and we, we cannot forget what a yielded life to God, what a gift that he's given us, given back to him in obedience. We cannot underestimate what God can do with that. Amen. Amen. In closing this morning, I want to ask you, and this obviously you're not going to call it out, what is God asking of you? What is he calling you to do? Remember two weeks ago I spoke about loving your enemies and how really that task is impossible without the help of the Lord. And so whatever you think he's calling you to, you got to clue him in and bring him into the situation because by yourself, it's not going to be possible. We need to rely on the Lord today. Thankfully, he's never asked something of me that he was not prepared to help guide me through and bring me through the difficult challenges of it. I, I even find, I'll be real honest with you, preaching is not something I say, oh, yeah, I'm going to preach today. I mean, I'm going to get up there and share God's word. It's a challenge for me. Pastor, I, I don't know how he does it week after week. I get like four weeks, and that four weeks is like study, study, study. I'm just trying to gain, Lord, what am I going to offer people? The truth is, all I'm offering is the word of God. Let him add to, to my words, to what you hear. Let him do the addition. Because if I got up here on my own strength, you'd be in big trouble. 
You'd be walking away thinking, I don't know what that just was, but, but I also find that it keeps me, I, I'm not trying to be a humble person. I'm not trying to be, I am trying to be humble, but not before you today. I'm humble before God. But I find as long as I'm relying on him, as awkward as I can feel, as shaky as I can be, as nervous as I can be, and what am I going to say? I know that he is going to add what needs to be added to this where I, I've seen this before, uh, as I worship led, I, I kind of talked as I did that sometimes, and I felt the need to say something. And you know, it was in those moments that people came to me, not only were they maybe touched by what I said, but they heard something I never said. I know I didn't say that, but they heard it, and I believe the Holy Spirit can do that today. I believe that he can open our understanding and, and hear from him if we're open to it, if we're open to hearing from him today. Again, and I would be the first to attest to this, I am an ordinary person who serves an extraordinary God. And I want to ask you today, do you trust him enough to know that if, you, if you're bringing him this today? As believers, we've, we've got to bring our lives to God. We've, we've got to bring it in a spirit of obedience and sacrifice, no matter how insignificant we may feel. Whatever we have, no matter how insignificant we feel it is, offer it to him. I want to read, this is the message version of Romans 12.1. You've heard this verse before, but I just like how this kind of says it. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. What is in your hand today? What do you have? What, what has God gifted you with? Or what is God asking of you that you might give to him? I want to tell you, if you would surrender to him, your seemingly not enough becomes more than enough in the hands of God. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now all glory to God who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I'm, I may not even be thinking. It's not even on my radar of what God can do through me. But I'm already going to have the faith to say, God, if you... I want to be careful of saying these things. Because sometimes <laughs> I don't want to do those things. It's, it's just in me. I just, I don't want to do them. But God... You're calling me, and I don't want to, I've done the excuses. Has anybody done the excuses? I've done them all. I've said them all. I've shared them with God. The next time God asks you, or if he's currently, you're in a situation where you know God is speaking to you. Something equivalent of you feed them. No, you do it. I know pastor could do it. I want you to do it. I know they could go, but I want you to go. Is that God speaking to you today? Is that what you're experiencing? It seems improbable. You feel inadequate. You feel like you have nothing to offer. And I can't imagine how much I just described myself. Inadequate? Feel like I, I don't have anything to offer? Just as Moses, Moses said, please send somebody else. Let somebody else come up here and preach. You do it. No. 
God said, no, you do it. And I rely on him and I give to him and I have to trust him. If, it's, if there was a percentage, if it, like tithing, I'm offering 10%, God's going to have to make up that 90%. But he will. He promises that he will. Remember before you conclude in the situation, before your, your, uh, your surveying of the situation is, just send them home. Send them away. Go, go get somebody else. They'll do it. Go get them. Before you conclude that, start with what you have. Give what you have to Jesus, no matter how insignificant, and obey what he commands. Do what he tells you to do. And his promise, just as he told Moses, just as he told the disciples, what's in your hand? Bring it to me. I will be with you. I am who I am. You know, the, the conjunction and the contrast that we, that we use between our weaknesses and our, our difficulties, and we, we contrast what God's calling us to, really the only true thing we should say is, yes, I'm weak. I have many things going on. I'm very difficult things going on right now. I don't have a lot of time. The only thing we should say is, but God. Because only he is able to do what we are unable to do. Will you surrender it to him today? Bow your heads with me. Father, thank you for the lessons that, Lord, I'll personalize it, that I'm learning, Lord, through your word. But God, thank you that you care enough about us. Lord, that you, you've compiled the Holy Spirit's compiled the Bible for us to read of situations. We think our, we think our, unique, our, our situation is unique. We think no one would understand and nobody knows what I'm going through. Lord, you know. That's why you came, Jesus, in the flesh, so you could identify with us and you could go through the same things. Father, I pray, God, for those of us this morning that are Dealing with something, Lord, it could be just this week. Lord, it could be something for years that we just keep offering up excuses. Lord, would you help us to drop them all? Drop them. Lord, and say, this is what I have. I surrender it to you. Lord, you're going to have to make up the difference, and I trust that you will. God, help us, we pray. With your eyes closed, your heads bowed this morning. I just want to pray with you. You're going through something right now similar to what I'm talking about. And God is calling you to something and you have just felt inadequate. You have just felt not able. I'd like you to raise your hand just so I can pray with you this morning. Amen. Thank you. You know, he can make the difference. We saw hands raised before that they, they were in that situation, but yet they surrendered it, and God did above and beyond. More than we can think, more than we can even ask, God goes above and beyond. Father, for the hands raised today, would you help? Lord, would you come? Lord God, as we come, Lord, you're saying, bring it, bring it, to, bring it here. What do you have to offer? Bring it to me. Whether it's a concern of our heart, whether it's a gift that we have, Lord, we just want to trust you with everything, with all of it, Lord God. Help us, we pray. Lord, where we might doubt, where we might just 
not see clearly the, the outcome, Lord God, would you help us? Father, help us to depend on you, to rely on you, to trust in you, because you, Lord, are faithful. You have remained faithful. You are steadfast, God. Lord, and you are, you are the, the solid rock in our lives that we know we can go to in times of concern and trouble. Help us, we pray. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand together this morning. Father, I would pray over, over this congregation today. Lord, give us opportunity. Lord, if we've not been challenged to use our gifts, give us opportunity, God, that we might surrender to you and give it to you, Lord God, to use it however you see fit. You've given it to us. You've given us the ability. And God, I'm asking you, Lord, that you would move in our lives. As we go our separate ways now, God, I pray you would bless everybody, that your hand would be upon them. And Lord, you would put us in situations where we might glorify your name. We give you the praise now in Jesus' name. Amen.